Hi, and welcome to another episode of Grind Forever, the PNB Network's number one RPG podcast. As if there's multiple, but this is the best one. And uh, today we're talking about a brand new RPG for this year, 2018. This is the first time we, I think we've done a contemporary. No, I take that back. We did a contemporary one last year. We did one for like um, Neo Automata last year so but this is ah, one, this yeah. is one for 2018 and that voice that you hear is uh, a good friend of mine who is joining me uh mr matthew allen who has done some guest appearances on the leisure time uh network of podcasts and as well is also a mod with me in that community hello sir how are you doing hey trav hey everybody it's matthew allen <laughs> uh so matthew um I reached out to you and said, hey, I know, I think I actually cyberbullied you into doing a podcast with me on Oh, Twitter. see, I remember. I think I cyberbullied you. Uh. You you called out my singing from the uh, recent Video Game Apocalypse episode about um, villains, video game villains who sing, and I sing a lot. And you said, man, I really got to get Matt Allen on here to sing. And then I, I took you up on that. I said, so uh, when are you going to invite me on your show? Right. So I you, you started to bully and I don't. I th- you probably didn't expect me to push back, but that's just the kind of guy I am. Well, you see, I love singing, and I love talking to people who like to sing and like to have fun like I do. So it made just all the sense in the world to get Matthew Allen on the show and talk yeah. about. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's. Oh, I I almost kind of want to break into song right now. Like you got you got something in mind? Uh, I don't. I've just so I've been listening to the look because uh, I was listening to a podcast called. Um, called uh, Punch Up the Jam, which is a really great comedy podcast, and I just yes, I've heard of it. I, yeah, I've had I've had that song, the look in my head, all day. The she's got the look, la la. She's la. got the yeah. look, yeah. yeah. <laughs> na, 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 na. So yeah, I, I'm I'm familiar. Absolutely. So yeah, that's just been in my head. That's other, other than that, and like Disney songs, because I was doing some cleanup earlier today, and just. Sure. Started blasting, uh, you know, Disney songs and also Pokemon to be a master. But this isn't a Pokemon episode. Od- oddly <laughs> enough, I've been singing a lot of Willy Wonka. Uh, so I've been, um, I think it was the Ready Player One, that the the song from the trailer that got it stuck in my head. But then I've been watching the classic, is it Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie? And I forget so which one, the, the, the classic the book Gene is, Wilder one. The book is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The yes. Gene Wilder one is Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Okay, and then so that's what I've been saying. Yeah, I would say the bad one is yeah. Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. I, what, what bad? I don't even know what you're talking about because that does not exist in my canon, in my head canon. <laughs> well, if you remember, there's an episode where, uh, where, Char- where uh, Willy Wonka is Michael Jackson allegory. Like it's it's a really weird movie. That's not what we're talking about today. We're, no, we're talking about no. We're talking about. But you know what? Speaking speaking of weird, here's your segue. Speaking of weird, speaking of let's weird. talk about Monster Hunter World. Let's talk about Asteria. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Monster Hunter World uh, again. It came out this year in 2018, uh, January 20th. I'm bad with dates. Don't don't check. Don't date check me on any of this. Stuff. <laughs> I was I was literally about to go date check you right now. <laughs> Uh, but it came out in January this year, and I to, was it. I see, was it January or February? I thought it might have come out on Valentine's. I thought this was one of those games that might use up your time, but I think yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it was late January. I think that's why you think of that. 
because it was late January. I didn't pick this up until mid-February. January 26, 2018. So I was off Monster by Hunter six World. days, and I feel like that's a victory for me. Uh, that's vindication, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, this game is really good. and It's really good. And um, I did it... I, I, to be completely, like, to pull up the veil, because this will come up after, uh, we're recording this on the eve of God of War Day, which is the other game that everyone's like, hey, mm. you should totally play this game. And I've been saying this multiple times as someone who's not played Monster Hunter, as someone who's, like, very, like, almost kind of shitty with the, like, oh, hey, I, if you like something, I'm going to say that it's not that great. Uh, the affirmation near Automata. I've never played it, but I'm always like, oh, I can't be that good. Um, but Monster Hunter, from what I've played, like, it's a very strong contender for, like, Game of the Year and that all that, like, shitty race to yeah. crown something conversation that we always have. No, I agree. I, I, I felt like we opened 2018 really strong, and I said, uh-oh, here we go again. This is, like, another 2017 where you have, like, Game of the Year candidates coming out within the first one, two months of the year. Um, I remember last year it was, like, we had Zelda, we had Persona 5, it, it, everyone was just like, it's over, it's over, and then, you know, just more good, or it was, uh, no, last year was Horizon, I want to say, in like February, and everyone's like, oh, this is amazing, and, or Horizon came out right near Zelda, there was, right, there was just yeah. a bunch. I think Horizon was and, like, like, Horizon was like late February, and then Zelda was like the first week of March. So, yeah, so it was like embarrassment of riches, and I sort of feel like 2018 is looking that way as well. Like, you know, everyone was saying 2017 is best year in gaming since like 1998. And and so far, um, 2018 has been no slouch. Right. No, it's definitely been. And that's what's really cool about it. And uh, really cool about this game because this is, this is a series that I think has always been on the, the cusp of, of building over and becoming this mainstream appeal. Right. Uh, Another fun fact about me and Matt, because me and Matt are actually a lot of like big wrestling fans. This is the <laughs> this is like the this is like the first time when people saw like the NWO, and it's like, oh wait, this is what you guys are talking about, right? Like, mm. Monster Hunter World became this huge phenomenon this year after you know what? years of like. Uh, a I'm gonna. Thing. Can I extend your metaphor? Absolutely. I'm gonna say this is more to me. Like I'd been hearing about NJPW for years and Monster Hunter was this big Japanese phenomenon for years. And I said, oh yeah, it's fine with its, with its strong style and you're having to grind and you're having to craft the perfect weapon to take on a monster and it's, but it's just different than what I'm used to. And then all of a sudden Monster Hunter World comes out and it's like the Kenny Omega match of the year candidate and all of a sudden I'm now fully aware I'm woke to NJPW slash Monster Hunter World. How's that? That works out perfectly. That that is a a a real bout <laughs> real bout ace uh <laughs> reference. How about that? Those that th- is a wrestling ass <laughs> wrestling metaphor. <laughs> That's that that was for an audience of two people and they are on this yeah, podcast. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's way more of us than that. Uh, no, but for, yeah. for so I yeah, actually I think you and I are alike in that we probably have a similar history if you if you like it. Let me just give my history with Monster sure, Hunter. Sure, absolutely. So the first Monster Hunter World or Monster Hunter game I ever remember was um back on the Wii. I I think it was that's like the first time I remember seeing a Monster Hunter or was so was that 
Monster Hunter 3 Try. Did that come yeah, to the States? Yeah, 3 Try is the Wii one. I think that's okay. the one that's kind of, that was like knocking on the door because I think 3 Try and then 3G is the one that came on 3DS. So I just remember hearing about it and to me, not knowing a thing about it, it sounded like a Pokemon game or, or, or like a Digimon. It was like, oh, that's one of those games where you just go capture monsters. And I just remember seeing it on Wii and going, oh, it's, it's not really that, but I didn't, I didn't give it much time. My first time ever playing a Monster Hunter game was I gave um, 4 Ultimate a shot on 3DS. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of people, I totally just didn't get it. And and a lot of my favorite podcasts were talking about, no, no, you you just got to give it some time um, and, and it'll eventually you'll get it and it'll click. But I think it was it was just that particular platform and the controls and the fact that like you had to hold it with like basically a monster claw and you would, your hand would cramp. I just couldn't get into it. I didn't get it. The whole thing like, you know, you had to there was like loading screens between areas of levels. Um, it, it just I it did not click with me. And I said, no, this is this is not for me, even though typically I love games that are, you know, more involved and, and you have to kind of before you head into a fight, like have a strategy and maybe, you know, gear up the right way and stuff. I love all that stuff. And that's one of my favorite parts of like the Witcher three is the true end game of Witcher three is when you start to do like the real hunts. It's like, you got to know what potions to craft and you got to know what weapon is going to work well against this certain monster. Uh, and all that stuff was like side quests in the Witcher three for the most part. And here it's the main attraction. Right. No, um, I definitely, have a kind of similar uh route to monster hunter i'd always heard about monster hunter right like it, you always hear about these big games like i've always heard about yakuza and i've always heard about these games that are huge in japan but they never get big play here i think um I, i've had henry gilbert on the show before we kind of talked a little bit about uh dragon dragon quest right that's kind of mm -hmm. that same kind of mm -hmm. like uh meld and i i was just i'd always like heard about it and i always heard like oh it could never work out here because you know I'd never see like people don't play PSPs because that's when like I think Monster Hunter two uh, the PSP one like the PSP games were over here and I'll never forget I went to go visit like a coworker at his house and I've never seen it since but it was him his fiance was pregnant at the time and then their friend with three PSPs playing Monster Hunter and like being super into it. And I was just completely dumbfounded. Like, I I don't get what any of you guys are doing. And like, they're doing like this yeah. hour long hunt, and they were like, "Oh, you have to do all this stuff, like stuff that I understand now." But I was just like, I don't, I don't get any of this. So I avoided yeah. the game like a, like the plague because well, it was a game. It was made. Sorry, uh, but it was it was made for the Japanese market. Like it was made for people that commute on trains and, and have, and play their portable game systems on a train. Cause that, you know, monster hunters are uh, when, by the time you get to the end game, you're supposed to, to play co-op and have other right. people help you out. Uh, and so, yeah, it was very much a game that just didn't seem made for the U S market, you know, it, because here we're or us, I should say, and, and Western Europe in many ways is, is here. We're, we're more used to, you know, our consoles and we want high fidelity games and we're not, you know, most people drive in, in the States at least. And, and so, yeah, we're not in a place where we can just be out playing with our friends out in public. At least once you're past like school age, you're, you're definitely almost never doing that other than like at a PAX or something. Right. So yeah, it was, it was like this series that it was like locked behind so much stuff. It was, 
it was like literally impenetrable to most people because of just the way it's supposed to be played because of all the systems, the platforms it was on the controls. And, and I think, um, you know, our, our friend Chris has, has talked a lot about when he was at Capcom, how like it did take like someone who was a real monster hunter fan to like introduce him to the thing and, and kind of shepherd him and guide him. And that's really what you need for this game. Um, and actually that's, what's weird is I know I still need that for world, but I'm, I've been playing world mostly solo and I, I just, I made myself figure it out and I was like, wow, it, it, when it clicked, I was like, this is, this is worth it. Like, I'm just going to keep playing this thing. Yeah. I've, I've also been playing solo and I I told myself, it's like, once I get to the high rank is when I'll, I'll finally break out and do a, do a squad. And I had a couple of podcast mates who, who are wanting to do that, but it, it definitely, like you said, there's definitely such a deep, uh, pull to it that reminds a lot of people of fighting games, which, you know, is yeah. that's that's my wheelhouse. I love fighting games, and I think as soon and, and yeah, let's let's get right into it. As soon as you get into world, like you kind of get a chance to go into it. Um, the first thing about world is it is a gorgeous game. That game, like, yeah, everything about that game is beautiful. I I really love yeah. I really love just the look of world, and even the character creator. I think Austin Austin Walker over at Waypoint wrote a really good article about this, about the character creator, because me being a person of color, uh, character creators are very um, limited. Uh, but this was like the first time there was a character creator where I was like, oh, I could do more things. And like the hair is different. I could create these really cool characters. And like it's such a really, just like, just looking at the game, just visually, it's just a very striking game, which I think also yeah. in the West hurts the older, well, the other of um, um, Monster Hunter games because they look like older games. They look like PS2 games. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's sad to say, but we are that superficial where I think the visuals were holding this series back in, in the states for the most part because, like you said, they they looked like PS2 games and they were it was you know they were playing on portable systems that um, really couldn't do much. And so this was the first big Monster Hunter World game on a modern console. And, and what a relief that, like, when they decided to do that, it's still, I think, one of the best-looking games on this-gen consoles. Like, it's it's not like it's, okay, now it's kind of catching up and, and it looks pretty good. It's like, no, no, you could hold this up against, you know, like, Horizon Zero Dawn and it will look gorgeous, you know. And I haven't even played it on, like, a PS4 Pro or an Xbox One X, so I, I can only imagine how good it looks on those kind of systems. But you're right. This is one of the best looking games of this generation so far. Right. And I think like, so when you, when you first start the game, you're on, you're on the ship and you, you're end up getting attacked by Zora Magnus and like, it looks good there. But I think when you first actually land in Asteria in that first area, um, in the, uh, in the forgotten forest where you get the map and everything, when you first step out, like it was like just a revelation, like, I to me it just reminded me of when you first step out in Ocarina of Time and you see Hyrule Field and you're just like, oh wait, a game can do that. Like this game had a, it, this very luscious and uh, unique and like optimized world is out here with all these different you know care all these different animals and they how they interact is really great. It was just such a really cool yeah. opening. I think also having that opening. Where you're running through and you run into Jagras and then you run into a giant Jagras and then you run into a freaking uh, um, Anjaneth and like how they interact in just that little opening 
was yeah, really that, that cool. Yeah, that sets it up. It, you're, you're absolutely right. Like I, That opening will stick with me for a while where, yeah, you first kind of get off the ship or you fall off the ship and you're looking around. And right away you, you have the ability to kind of – you see so much stuff that you want to go explore. But then you're having to run for the base because – you're like there's you're getting attacked by this huge monster who all of a sudden like right before you get attacked he swoops an even bigger one comes and attacks him and it's like oh this game's playing on a different level like right. i have to be careful of this guy and this guy and it reminded me a lot of like i hate to bring it back to this game but like peter jackson's king kong because that was like one of the first big xbox 360 i think visual showcases right and there were definitely scenes in there with like the t-rex and kong where you know you see these like massive creatures fighting in front of you and you're like whoa i didn't know consoles could do this this is cool right i'm gonna be pedantic though those are v-rexes those are Uh, (laughs) (laughs) man Uh, all right all uh, right uh, score one point for me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but no, it's it was a, like I said, it's it's just a really gorgeous game, and then obviously all the gear that you can craft and everything, and I think that's uh, kind of segueing into that point um, with flawless transitional yeah. skills. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I think to be honest, like I one thing I want to bring up, I wanted to ask, I I think we might be a little controversial in this episode. I think some people might look and say. Monster Hunter is not an RPG. What are these guys talking right. about? Right. So, I I would I understand it's not a traditional. Hey, we're gonna you're gonna go and uh, do a uh, we're gonna grind to level of XP. But the gear that you craft, do your weapons like that is it is essentially yeah, what RPGs that, that's why do. I, I, that's why I brought it up now. Is this is I think the gear crafting is one of the most it's the it's the defining thing I think that makes it an RPG. Interestingly enough, the only other kind of XP I'd say you earn is the research points where over time you learn more about the the monsters you fight so that you learn how to attack them. But other than that, like there is there is no char- there's there's hunter rank, but there's really no character XP. There's there's no attributes that you're investing in, anything like that. Like the only thing in this game that is really RPG like is the crafting and the gear system. Right. But I think that also like I think it is in itself the pureness of an RPG. And I'm going to give you an example. Um, when I first played it, I had a hell of a time fighting um, the bear. No, sorry, fighting the uh, Pookie Pookie. I, it just took me forever and I couldn't, I didn't know how to, de- how to defeat it properly. And the poison was giving me issues. So I, I think I ended up beating it after f- fainting twice. And then yeah. I was like, okay. So then I go do Bareth, and I, I get destroyed by Bareth. And I was like, okay, well, let me go back in, just like kind of train and and do you know try to do some stuff. And I go back, and the first thing I do is like, well, let me fight a Pookie Pookie again. I might be able to get you know material that might make a better weapon for me to fight you know this Bareth with. And I understood the tells like again it's a fighting game like i can tell what tells you're going to do and what kind of wind up and what kind of animation and that fight that took me like a an hour to to beat it the last time i beat it in 20 minutes and it's just like playing an rpg where it's like like playing what you would consider a traditional rpg of like i understood these tales i became stronger i became stronger maybe not with like stat points but i became stronger in you know information and you do become stronger with some stats when you look at the gear that you craft and stuff like that and your defensive yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, the, the stats are all tied to gear. Yeah. Right. But, no, I had the same experience where you don't realize it 
like you, you don't know you're getting good, quote unquote, uh, until yeah, a fight that took you 20 minutes before takes you five. Right. And, and, and it's like eventually like I, I, I sort of made the mistake, but it wasn't really a mistake. I, I just right, right. The second I could do investigations, I just spent a ton of, ton of time doing them. And I got to the point where the, um, uh, the Jagras, like at first, you know, the, the fighting a great Jagras, you're like, ah, oh, okay, it's, it's taking me a little while. And then I knew I was like, I think I'm over, not over leveling, but like I'm getting, I'm getting too good for this thing. Cause I'm taking these things down in like, um, you know, 30 seconds to a minute, just cause I was just grinding out stuff for the better gear that could take him down. Right. And so I finally realized like, oh, I need to move on with the main story. Like I'm not actually progressing at this point, but that's, what's so cool is this game. I would say like a lot of the stuff you're talking about, it, it's weird. If you were to put this game on like a Venn diagram of like a typical RPG, let's say like a, let's say Witcher 3 or something. Uh, th- this game is, is there's, there's like a Witcher 3 type of RPG. Then let's say there's like Dark Souls, right. which is, does have character stats, but they don't affect you in the way that like typical RPGs might. Uh, and then there's this game. And this game I think has a lot in common with Dark Souls in that, you have to, and, and really I'm talking about like Dark Soul bosses more than anything, but you have to learn their tells and you have to get really good. And a fight that your first time through, it, you're, you're probably not going to get through if you spend enough time and, and learn those tells and, and maybe get the right gear. Next time you go back, you can you can beat those guys like super quick. Um, so I think it, it like shares a lot of DNA with, with more Dark Souls school of RPG than let's say like a Witcher 3 school of RPG. Right. But there is a little bit of crossover there because it, Dark Souls doesn't have, well, I guess it, it doesn't really have crafting of gear. You kind of earn, you you know, there's a lot of weapon drops and then, then you can level up those weapons. But there's not like, oh, I'm, well, I guess there is with the gyms, huh? So yeah. I guess it does have a lot in common with Dark Souls. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Dark Souls of Monster Hunter games. No, don't do that. How do I make a cliched reference? No, but I, I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. And I there was a there was a point where I was playing I I've been playing Far Cry five, which isn't great. And you should listen to P and B to hear me talk about that. Um but um Far Cry five but when I was playing Far Cry five, I realized that Monster Hunter also may be better at other games because of being anticipate anticipating what you're going through. Like instead of rushing in, taking your time to survey an area, to to go through everything what is step by steps. And I think Monster Hunter does a really great job in doing that as well. And just like like you said, doing those investigations, right? And helping you grind and and realize, okay, this is what I need to do. And when you're looking for a specific part, like learning how to play better with the style you play, you know, to get that part. Like, I was trying to hunt an Anjaneth, and I need to get an Anjaneth tail. And, like, okay, but I can't stay behind an Anjaneth too long, or it's going to kick me in my face. So learning how to get to all those different parts, like, and get everything yeah. that you need, it's such a really cool thing to do. But, but it's not just learning, like, the monsters tell. It's learning how to use your weapon so you can position yourself. So I, I made the mistake... I I chose the I think it's the hardest weapon in the game to use. If not the hardest, it's 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 up there. I use charge blade, um, and charge blade is very difficult to first learn. But once you do learn it, it's I think one of the most powerful weapons you you can get in the game, and it's super cool and super fun to use. Yeah, uh, it's so I have I have three weapons I use in in um, rotation. 
one is the charge blade. I am absolutely 100% uh, in agreement with you. I think the charge blade is really great. Uh, I think it does a it has a really cool um, has a really cool like it has a really cool like things you could do with it, especially like when you can uh, like use invincibility frames to you know do a large attack. Like charge blade is really really good. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also used a long sword. Uh, and that was on my second playthrough because I was like, well, I want to get something that's, you know, that's anime-esque because I'm a giant nerd. Um, but it was also fun to play and it felt really good. And I've been playing long, you know, long bow gun. Those are three completely different distinct styles where Charge Blade's a lot more yeah. defensive and waiting to hear the tells. The long sword is definitely like it, it's more of a, you know, more of an aggro, but you can't just go swinging willy nilly. And you still do work defensively to move forward. And then the charge blade, like you said, like that one is a very technical, you know, item. It's just the things yeah. you could do with each different, you know, weapon class is really, really cool. I know Dylan, who also hosts the show, like he does the hammer. And he's like, it lets me do a lot more stuff and lets me use a lot more stun concussions and stuff like that. Like it just how everyone plays is also really, really cool and interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. I... I... I haven't gone down the road of like fully getting good at multiple weapons. I've pretty much been specializing in charge blade cause I, I picked it and I liked it and then I look and then I learned it. And once I learned the combos and, and how you can transition from trying to do one thing to another and, and really it just has a really fun loop of trying to, you know, charge up those vials and then get that and then charge your shield and then charge your sword on top of that. And then do that huge super attack that unleashes all the vials. Like, I was like, well, I don't need to learn anything else after this. This thing's awesome. <laughs> right. But no, I get, I almost get like weapon envy because I see some people trying things out. Like I hear, oh, you should try the bow. The bow's not bad. And the bow has like some really good situational advantages. And then, yeah, like longsword. I think longsword is generally regarded as a good starter weapon. Like it's like, hey, if you want to learn something, it's not going to be so bad. Or is that, is there's sword and shield. Am I confusing those Yeah, two? I think sword, because sword and shield has a lot of stuff where you can use the, um, you can use like with sword and shield. You can use the um, you use items while you're walking around with sword and shield. So that's considered like the good starting weapon. Yeah, yeah. No, there's 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 a lot of depth there. And one thing, <clears throat> so I, I work in the games industry. If folks don't know, and and one of the things I was kind of like talking to um, some of the guys in 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 our product team, and I, I was describing the game to them and. Um, and, and I, they were, they had just started playing as well. And we were kind of comparing notes and they said, well, yeah, you know, the, the skill trees though, or the, the crafting trees, there's only like two or three levels. And I said, ah, that is a clever trick. The devs did. It only looks that way. But then what happens is as you level weapons up more and more, it starts to show you more of that weapon tree. Cause it doesn't want to overwhelm you at first as a new player. It doesn't want you to show you like, Hey, look, we have a hundred variations of the one weapon you're just learning. And by the way, there's these like whatever, 12 weapons, something like that. It, it, it first shows you just one or two tiers. And then once you get up to that next tier, it's like, Oh, by the way, there's like four more tiers. And so it, but, but by the time you see that, I think you're in like, you know, 10 to 20 hours in the game. It's like, well, I'm invested at this point. I'm hooked. And it's like, it's kind of like a pleasant surprise and like a relief. Like, oh, there's like so much more to this crafting system than I even thought. The same thing you mentioned, you hadn't got to high rank yet. So this isn't really a spoiler, but like you you will, there's, there's, I've I've spoiled myself on this game. Just like with looking through wikis and stuff. I'm good. Okay. Okay. So yeah, there's, there's like, 
more armor than maybe you think there is. Like, so there's, I, I haven't looked too far ahead. There might even be more, I'm already in high ranks and I'm like, well, maybe there's, there's even more stuff that I don't know about. So that, yeah, the gear system is insane. Just the amount of items they did and, and how different they all are. Like it's a, it's, it's a like super cool system. Right. No, it's definitely like, cause like you said, I, I don't, I'm not sure. And I don't, man, I don't want to spoil it for you, but like the, they had the alpha and the, uh, the beta, um, the gear and that's what you're talking about right like the alpha gear and then the beta gear yes yeah. yes yeah yeah so yeah like yeah that's the stuff that's you you don't even see it until you get to high rank um there's also a few on the weapon trees i think it it, it might only reveal like one or two additional layers but there's like purples and stuff and and you know so there's there's all kinds of and then there they'll be like just once you fight a different monster all of a sudden there will be like a new class of weapon you can craft and and same thing with armor. It's like, they don't even show you that stuff until you fight that monster for the first time. Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, by the way, you, you now have to collect all this stuff if you want to get the full set. Right. No, it's definitely like, it's a really good, it's a really good grind just to get to those, get to that stuff. And like you said, just knowing that there's so much behind there, but like you said, it's not really where it's gated, where it's like, Hey, here's this vast tree. Like, if I look at something like the spear grid in Final Fantasy X, there's this huge spear grid where you can go anywhere, but it's like, it's so vast you can't comprehend it. That small incremental shift of like, okay, here's a little bit. All right, so we're going to feed you a little bit more, and we're going to feed you a little bit more. I think that's also what's really key to this game. Yeah, I think that's what they do. Well, so to be fair, though, there are so many systems in this game. I don't think they could have done anything but that because it's it's still overwhelming. I'm not. It's not to say this game is um, is easy to pick up because it's it's not. There is and there's a lot of stuff. I, so what I've heard and again being a, a relative noob to the series is this one it does a better job of onboarding than previous entries. But there's still like a lot of systems that they maybe brush over once. Or they, they have really text-heavy tutorial screens that they show you one or two times and then you just kind of forget about them. Um, there's this like a lot of stuff that you do have to learn that takes a while. So I think they were smart in that they probably knew most people will already be overwhelmed. And so we might as well not scare them off completely with uh, showing too much of, this, of the, the gear trees. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could definitely talk about that. I think you're absolutely right. I think this game, from what I've heard from... Um, from other people, I, I've, I've read reviews and stuff like they, they have definitely streamlined a lot of stuff. Like I remember telling my buddy that you have unlimited whetstones, uh, the one who played the game, uh, religiously for years. And his response was, oh, well that makes everything easier because now like you don't have to worry about having an, like an orange weapon. And I was like, that, that's super, that's super not a great way of looking at it. Um, yeah, uh, but I, I do agree with you. I think a lot of the stuff, like, when it's like, hey, here's how you capture a monster. Here's a, this huge text. And, like, I'm I'm an idiot. I already know that. Like, if you listen to this podcast or my podcast, you know that. I'm not smart. Like, I don't want you to give me, like, a book to read before I go and do it. Like, show me, like, hey, yeah. here's how you capture something. And I had to go into wikis and still read to learn how to do other stuff like but yeah. it, it also is rewarding because like now like beforehand i probably would have never thought about using traps now before i even start any hunt i have multiple traps 
because I'm going to use the monster against each, itself so I can trap them and, and do damage. Like it, it gave me a way to think about the stuff that I'm doing as well. Yeah, well, that's what's it's funny you mentioned that because I was complaining to Chris uh, Antista the other day. Um, I said, man, you know, I think I've heard it's 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 easier to get on board, but I'm having a problem. I'll get into a mission and then I'll get loaded up with too many items and not have enough room in my inventory for something. And it's like, I was like, I don't even know what to do about that. Do I just have to drop items when I'm on the mission? He goes, dude, you can just go to camp and unload all your items. And if you, and I'm like, yeah, and sometimes like I'll forget to like equip, you know, my trap before I go on the mission. And then I just have to go back to base. He goes, that's what that tent's for. And that's like a great example of like, I'm sure they put it in like one tutorial window and I just like glossed over it. Right. But I, I, I had been playing like 20 hours and didn't know you could like swap out your loadout in the tent because I didn't bother. This is the dude. I don't know if you noticed this, but when this game first came out, I always kind of, I, I keep tabs on, on what all the various gaming sites are doing because as some of you might know, I used to, um, I used to work with Henry and Bob at fandom. And so, you know, we would keep our eye on like, Hey, what's the hot trends and what are people writing about? And this game, when it first came out, like every site had its monster hunter world starter guide. And I just was like, I'm not going to bother. Cause I usually know how worthless like a lot of those are yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to, you know, they try to get them up in like as quick as possible. But that's probably one of those things that would have been in the starter guide that I probably should have paid attention to because I'd, I'd wasted hours like going to and from camp like or just like getting frustrated like, oh, man, I couldn't pick up that good item because I my inventory was full of stupid stuff I never used. Right. And it's like Chris is like, dude, just go into the tent. And I was like, what? What, what do you mean go to the tent? So I, I think and like you said, I, I think that's such a prevalent thing, especially when games first come out like this. And I think. The, the other game that was really bad about like how these articles were written was for Breath of the Wild, where yeah. like it's all these different sites. And again, I understand. I used to write a site. Like I understand you want to have SEO and you want to be the first one to have this list. But every site having their this is the real way, the true way of playing. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like uh, or, or or not even that. It's like the lists are like super obvious stuff that you learn in the game's tutorial. And I'm like, this isn't a real good starter guy. This is just, you had an editor like, Hey, go play this thing for four hours and we got to get something up today. Like, come on, make it snappy, right. Junior. Come on. Right. Did you know that if you pressed a, you could, you know, you press a, you could use an item. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, Hey, make, make sure you eat before you go on hunts because you it's going to give you power ups to your health. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very funny, but I say that. So, um, uh, Bob Mackey, who he's working with in the fandom, um, I remember cause he was really huge on this game. And I remember I came at this game very late again, like, very admittedly, like me being like, I don't know if it's that good. Um, but I heard a lot of people talking about it. So I was like, okay, I'll play it. And like you said, the first time I played it, I was like, okay, this is great. And he gave me a couple of YouTubers to look at. And I, I really want to shout these guys out. Um, there are two YouTubers that do a really good job. Um, one, I completely blanked on the name. And I'm going to get that. But the one I watch routinely is Arkhead's Gamer. Uh, gaming. Arkhead's Gaming. Um, which I'll link in the podcast notes. And he did like... I, I just happened to watch his videos as he started to do these guides on the different weapons. And he, you know, he didn't, like we talked about, like he wasn't in a rush to get all this information out. Like he, I think he is still finishing up that guide, but it helped me define like, here's how you play. Because like the weapon tutorials in the game aren't great. Like there's a lot of like actual 
uh, techniques and actual like um, like bread and butters, uh, basic combinations that you should use that aren't like spelled out on yeah. you know in the in the tutorial because they'll say hey here's a couple quick combos but those videos like his videos have been really great of seeing like what's the best massive damage what do you use how different systems work like here's a different blowgun this is how this different one works like i i thought this was really great and i think that's also what's really cool about this game is the community and in, in monster hunter at least i haven't seen the bad part of the community yet but it's a really great community even like yeah soloing i'm like you i haven't done a group yet but even soloing it's been really good like because it's been a really good community well you've heard tales of the basically like god tier japanese players that have been playing a little while where like people when they shoot up flares like the japanese players will come and just they're they're the people look at them and they're like they're they're in like the top of the line gear and and like they come in and just smoke the monster and then and everyone was saying oh my god these guys are awesome but then it had like kind of like a dark turn where if you called and asked for their help but then were worthless in the fight like they would they would grief you so that you couldn't like carve the monster like they would do stuff to you so you couldn't carve afterwards like no no you didn't do your fair share and so now you don't get to carve wow. like it wasn't like the, but but it was like very much like a a system like it, it was fair it was like no you didn't contribute so you don't get to do this now it wasn't just like like griefers here where we would just grief for the sake of griefing like ha ha, ha we're not gonna let them carve it was no very much like no no you didn't do your part and so now this is your punishment right. No, that you're right. The the basic American thing would be like, hey, isn't this funny that you got fucked over? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's like, oh, you're gonna carve them in a tea bag, you. <laughs> but no, it's uh, you're right though. The community. So I I wanted to bring up. I think that's what's cool about this game though. Like, while, at the same time, while it does make it a little bit tough uh, to onboard and and to to learn the game, very much. I'm going to keep going back there because I think maybe it's because these are two franchises that have kind of grown up simultaneously, but Dark Souls is the same way. I think part of the charm of the series and part of what does get you hooked once you get it is not everything is spelled out for you. Right. And so you do have to go to the community. You you do have to go to the wikis. You do have to go to the reddits and look and, and ask and talk to people and learn stuff and read between the lines. Um, because it's not going to be handed to you on a platter. Like, yeah, here's, here's how you do everything. It's like, if you really want to find out like what the highest DPS weapon is or whatever, you're going to have to do some digging. And then what's funny about both games is you'll find, well, there's not really a true answer to that. It's, it's about, it's, it's all your fighting style and how you use it, you know? And so they're like these perfectly balanced games that I think do a really good job of balancing how much do we hold a player's hand versus how much do we just show them the systems and then let them run wild and discover the whole thing for themselves. Because I think the devs realize, and it's, it's no mistake. They're both Japanese developers. I think they realize there is a reward and in earning that and learning these things yourself. Right. And it's, it's the thing that, you know, what older games were when we were growing up, right? Like those games, a lot of those games didn't hold your hand. Like, be playing the, the turtles for the NES. Like that's not a good example because that game sucks. But like yeah, it does just cheap. That's a different. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't hold your hand, right? Or uh I'm trying to think of a difficult game that is it shitty? <laughs> like is it well, flawed? Here's, here's one here's one that I wouldn't say it was difficult, but I just did did you do your um the game the four? The, what's that called? Uh, the, yes, uh the game the game struck. Yeah, game struck four. Yes I did. 
So I, I did mine, and one of mine was the original OG Legend of Zelda. And that game, and the reason I chose it is as one of my most influential games or games that changed the way I viewed games, it's a perfect example of this development philosophy that we're not going to tell you everything up front. And that game, I remember being on the schoolyard and comparing notes with friends and being like, oh, wait, if you put a bomb there, there's a secret room. And, and, and so like there was so much like just underneath the surface that was hidden that they weren't they wanted you to discover it. And it's that it's that there's that sense of fulfillment you get from the discovery that I think is um, that's that's like one of my favorite things in games. And I think that's something to bring it back to the theme of the show. I think that's something that good RPGs do. Right. I remember in this game, I remember the discovery because it was something that I didn't know about because I didn't know about mounted combat and stuff like that. But I remember I was when I first started playing it. I, I literally at my Facebook group uh, was a couple people I, I I'm friends with. I said, okay, this is when the game got me. Is I was I was fighting this giant jaguars where you're where you're doing the second jaguars fight when you're when you're calling the herds and you go down that hill and I just happened to slide down that hill and then I. I jumped up and then I sprung up and I was on its back. And then at the end of it, I was just like, oh yeah, fuck this. Like, this is awesome. Like what the, like, this is, this is a dope game. What are we doing? And I think I still get those every now and then like stuff you discover, you didn't know you could do. Like, that's a great example. Jumping when you're sliding is has totally different combos or like jumping off a tall ledge and realizing no matter how high up you are, you can like land on a monster's back and, and mount it that way. It's in, or even sometimes like you'll find like a tiny ledge that just looks like basically like a curb. Right. But as long as you're on it and you jump, you'll all of a sudden do mounted combat. Like this game, there's so much of that, that hundred or more hours in, you can still discover new stuff. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's just, it's been really, it's been really, really good. And then, the really cool thing, like I said, just learning about the traps and then learning how to read the world. I, I again, I don't want to understate that. I went into Far Cry Five like literally, like okay, so I'm going to take this compound and just like I would do in Monster Hunter World. I'm like, all right, let me look at my surroundings. Okay, I have this. Okay, I can hide this way and then I can mark this person that way and then and like it's I'm everything I do in that game is just like I'm doing a hunt in Monster Hunter and it's such a really just a really well balanced game. I. It's a really good game, and I really easily think, like like I said earlier, I haven't played God of War yet. I'm going to literally stop this. When we stop this, we're going to re- download God of War and play that. It's got to be really special to beat this game for my game of the year right now. Like, that game is just really, really good. Yeah, well, there's... Um, so, speaking of God of War, I saw a tweet from someone that, that straight up, they called it. They're like, hey, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, you've, you've got your work cut out for you. You know, and so yeah. I think God of War already had its work cut out for it after Monster Hunter World. I mean, look, dude, we talked about like 2018 is shaping up to be an amazing year for games. You're going to have Monster Hunter World. You're going to have God of War. You're going to have, I mean, come on, Red Dead 2 is going to be great. Yeah. So there's like, that's already like, you know, some years struggle to get like one or two signature good games. So we, we already got pretty much three we know we can sort of count on at this point. Right. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, no, the like I said, uh, even Spider Man comes out this year, uh, which of course, yes, us over here at the P and B Network are completely not biased and, and rooting for Spider Man. Uh, our buddy Marco is working on that game. He used to be a host on our show, so uh, oh nice, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I definitely said I, I definitely can't wait to see. 
I can't wait to see what it is. And one one of the cool things about this game is it, there's still more. Like we haven't even we haven't even gotten to the end game of Monster Hunter because there are more and more that are being added on. Like just recently, yeah. Uh, this 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 week of recording, they added in a new system and a new hunt, the siege mode with the uh, Kluve Torath. Like there's yeah. well, it's. They're they're doing live features where when this thing launched there was like a special event for special armor um, on PS4 there was the Horizon armor armor and then there's there was Street Fighter like you get the Ryu armor but then there was just a spring event like that to me has been shocking in that and it's something you probably couldn't do on the handhelds because you you never know if someone's going to get connected or whatever but there's like straight up this is like a live game that they're operating like as a service like oh yeah we're we're putting tons of stuff whereas like. But the thing of it is, it's all free so right. far. Like, there's, there's no. It's not like paid DLC. Right. We always talk about in the industry that we're in. Um, you more than myself, but the industry we're in, we always talk about games as a service, right? Like, I think that's the that's the appeal of um, the pirate game. The pirate game. Oh, um, Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Um, why don't, okay, uh, but PLC with these, right? The, the pirate is, game, the pirate you know, the pirate game. game. <laughs> the game where you're just pirates. Uh, but not the PLC see with these, right? It's it's that game as a service. It's like it's it's the MMO lightification of of games, right? Where we're not yeah. we're not putting everything behind a a subscription service and a paywall and things. I will never forgive Star Wars, uh, the Old Republic, about ever. Uh, but we're not hiding all that. We're giving these games out and you're paying a full price for a game but we're going to create these communities and push it through um i think another game that does, did a really good job of that uh two years ago was the hitman game right where oh yeah yeah it, it's this ever-growing thing and with monster hunter it's already a 100 hour rpg even without adding more elements to it but as you add more hunts to it it never really grows stale and there's different balancing that's going through like it like a fighting game like, like some weapons they are nerfing and they're nerfing some like aspects like i think with this new update the flash pods for tempered monsters like you can't just spam it <laughs> like you actually like they will get used to the flash pod uh, over right, time right. like i think that's such a really cool way and a really good and interesting way to keep that game relevant throughout yeah. this year they're they're treating it like an MMO. Like they're they're nerfing things, or they're they're saying, "Oh, this thing's already weak. We need to upgrade this." But um, I don't want to sound like I'm gushing again, and I keep going back to this. I am seeing a trend, though. I think this is like a hallmark of Japanese game development. So this is a great example of like a game where you're getting all of this stuff that is like free. That if this was Battlefront Two, and and you know, in the states or whatever. This would be, you know, they'd be monetizing all this. This is all free so far. Uh, another game, in, now the stuff wasn't all free, but a lot of it was free. It reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy XV. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XV has had like two years worth of content releases. And yeah, they've had like paid DLCs, but then they've also done like other complete overhauls that was like free to everybody. And so for me, this is like, wow, I, I don't know how they can do it. I don't know how they can like, you know, keep the teams on these games, but it's like, I'll take it as a, as a player. Like I love it. Right. No, it's definitely. Um, like I said, it's it's. I think that's really great. And I think as 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 fans as players of the game, I think this is actually a really key thing about Monster Hunter. What keeps that whole Monster Hunter grind uh, worth it? Because that's the only thing I would think that's the only thing that's really not great about the game is the story kind of sucks. I was just about to say, do you want to talk about the the only shortcoming? And we talked about the one, which is the onboarding, which I don't think is a true shortcoming no. because 
like I said, like once you get it, you're like, oh, that's why they did that. And it's actually, I prefer it. But the story, yeah, the story is, I, I, again, as a traditional RPG, it doesn't hang in that class as like a Witcher 3. Right. Um, but, and it's, it, but it is more obvious about the story than, let's say, like Dark Souls, where they don't tell you anything and you just know, okay, I'm in a place, I got to, you know, fight some bosses. Yeah. Like, here there is a story. It's just not it's good. Not, <laughs> it's, it's not terrible. Like, I love the, the idea of like, oh, here's this giant monster we're trying to stop him and oh here's why they're this monster's actually going here right um it, it there's a lot of it that like calls back to like old school like godzilla movies or something like oh he's on his way here and and we're just like distraction a distraction to him like he has this bigger goal but yeah it's it's a little weak and i would say even the so the whole game is boss battles but the the true boss battles against zora magdaros are, yeah. that, that's not my favorite part of the game yeah by any means and yeah, I, it's it's like okay. I think they're cool set pieces. Like as a set piece, like they're they're interesting. It's like again to to use the game that's coming out. It's like God of War, right? God of War used to be like these really cool set pieces, and that's what those old games were very reminiscent about. Were these really cool set yeah. pieces? And I think that's what this game has is a lot of cool set pieces um, for those boss fights. But I don't know, like it also. So I play a lot of Pokemon, and you brought up Pokemon earlier, and it does remind me of pokemon like the old pokemon games like this it's like hey we really don't have a story you can come up with your own story so like like how people do nuzlocke runs and they create this whole story with it like i just like in my own headcanon i have a story for my hunter and it i think that also kind of helps it like it helps it because you're able to graph your own story into it and it like i said it is weak there it doesn't have its where it doesn't have its own strong enough story but I think for player character, like where you're the character creator, I think it actually works better to do that. I don't think unless you were to say, hey, here is Jonathan Hunter, the hunter of the monsters. Like unless you do that, then you would need a strong story. I think with it being your own avatar, making it you in the game, I think doing it pulled out like this actually works in its benefit. Yeah, and your your character never speaks. It's it's one of those like your character really is just an avatar for you. Like you're supposed to you know transport yourself onto them or or transpose yourself onto them and say, okay, yeah, this is me acting this out. So yeah, and and because of that though, it's not like a traditional like JRPG where your main character has lines and and they're they're involved in the storyline. And here it's very much like, oh yes, you're the main hero. Go do this thing. But you're never going to actually say anything in any of the cutscenes. It's all just the it's the NPCs that are kind of driving the story forward. And I will say, um, just another thing to praise about the game, I love a lot of the character designs on the NPCs. It's not it's not even like you know their clothes or whatever, which are kind of cool, or their armor sets. It's like they just look like they have a history, and I want to know more about them. Like I want to know about the commander. I want to right. know about like the the person. Like there's a couple people you encounter that are like remnants from like another brigade of hunters that have like just been hanging around and surviving out on their own. It's like, I want like a, a side story just about this. What have they been up to for the past like 20 years or whatever it's supposed to be in the game? Like there's so much there, like you said, to the point where you can, you can like make up your own story or you want to. Um, and I know we're not, now we're bordering on like fanfic territory, which is like, oh, I'm going to get real caught. Uh, no, thanks. I'll back away. <laughs> but, but like, right. no, I mean, you're right though, because the story's not really there. It's almost cooler because it's like, hey, it's kind of like what people did with the original Star Wars flicks. You know, they had a scene just in a cantina. You didn't know anything about those people. But over time, everyone gave those people their backstory because they wanted to know so much about them. Right. No, definitely. Um, 
This game rocks. And if you haven't played yeah. it yet, uh, what are you doing? Literally everybody in the world should be playing this. This is this this is the most this is the highest selling uh, Monster Hunter game in the history of Monster Hunter, and it's not even out. Wow, three months. Like it hasn't even been out yeah. three months yet. That's that's wild. It's. It, I always love to see good games get rewarded with good sales because that's not always the case. Uh, but in this case, it's like good. So Capcom will will know now. And I think the coolest thing about the success is it's it's outside of Japan as well. Like just to, you know, traditionally they've always done well in Japan, and not so much here. I think we're not in like a Dragon Quest situation anymore where they're they're gonna they're going to think of the rest of the world now when they go to make a new Monster Hunter game saying, no, we can have a ton of success outside of Japan. And so we do have to think about that and uh, make sure that, you know, we release the games there, which is good because I hate like, you know, knowing that there's really good games being released that we can't even play. Right. No, definitely. Um, but yeah, the game's awesome and the game rocks. And Matthew. Yeah, what, what would you give it? Oh, what would you give it on your score? On my score? I haven't had this. I haven't had to score a game in like four years. Uh, I've been threatening to become a game journalist again. So let me see if I if I had to rate this game out of ten. Uh, uh, wow, no, it's it's a solid it's a solid eight eight and a half. I think there's I think like I, said, I think some of the onboarding is not great. I think some of the tutorials is not great. I think not going more in depth in the systems or giving you an ability to do so. I think kind of. It hurts it. Um, like I said, some of the story stuff is kind of um, not good. Um, I do think there is some there's some jank in there, but again, that's kind of just the matter of an open world ish game. Uh, it's just the jank that they have going around in there. Um, but overall, I still think it's it's a beautiful game. I think it's very fun. And eight point five is not a bad score. Um, I, I need to preface that before I get anyone upset. Um, and I, I think, I think it feels really well. Like I said, some of the, some of the weapon stuff feels great, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, there's, I think there is Monster Hunter World 2, which is definitely going to be here in probably like three years, will be the game where we look at it and we're like, no, this is probably the best game on the PS5 or whatever system we're on at that time. But like, I think this game. I think this game is a really, really strong. It's a really good game. What yeah, would you, I, I would. Agree. What would you? Give I would it? agree with you. I think I would give this game. Let's see. Um, I'm going to give it ten Kulu Yakus. Okay, so this is this over is over gave, over ten Rathaloses. I gave real. I gave a real fucking <laughs> a real fucking score. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my score. That's a real score. What are you talking about? How dare you disrespect the Kulu Yakus and the Rathalos? The, how, you're going to incur the wrath of the Rathalos. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, I gave it 10 of 10. So No, I, I uh, real score. Um, I think this game is... Are we doing half point scale? Uh, I did a half point, so I'll give you a half point scale. That's fine. Okay. That yeah, I, I would say this is at least like a, a nine five out of ten for sure. Yeah, it's a really great game. Yeah, it's a really great plus game. plus throw in a a, gr a great Jagras for good measure. Yeah, the fucking great Jagras, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, this game is really great, and you know who's really great? Matt Yellen's really great. 
And thank you. We, You're really great too. Oh, I appreciate it. We are super jazzed that you decided to come and talk to me about this game. And why well, I, I, I it was a pleasure being here. I really enjoyed myself, and yeah, I hope you have me on again. I, I had a great time. Absolutely, we definitely will want to have you on more stuff. Um, but yeah, if they would like to follow you and do the stuff that you like or go over to the stuff that you uh, enjoy. Where would they find you and the stuff that you're on at? Yeah, you you can you can hear me on the occasional Laser Time podcast. Um, that's at lasertimepodcast.com. I uh, have been a, a frequent guest on Vigigame Apocalypse, and that's at vigigameapocalypse.com. Uh, and of course, we're always grateful if you support us at patreon.com slash lasertime. Um, if you want to, you know, follow me and hear my thoughts on stuff, uh, although be warned, I'm not that interesting. Um, I'm at... Maddie C. Allen on Twitter. That's M-A-T-T-Y-C-A-L-L-E-N. Uh, follow me, and, and I usually am talking about video games, sometimes politics, other stuff. I don't know. Um, the views expressed there, solely my own. Absolutely. Uh, hey, if you like giving to a Patreon, why don't you think about giving to the old P&B Patreon? It helps fund <laughs> shows like this. The show was funded because of Patreon, as well as our anime show, as well as the other 500 podcasts that we do. And guess what? You get all 500 of those podcasts for $3. Isn't that wild? We're undercutting. What's the name of that? What's the name of that anime show again? Is that, are you talking about Full Metal Optimist, the best anime podcast in the world? I am talking about Full Metal Optimist, the best anime podcast in the world. Talking about one of the best animes. All of that for $3 on Patreon.com? Well, that's not, just not just that. We also have. GNA F, not GNA FM. I always call it another show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just promoting other podcasts right now. Uh, well, it's a defunct <laughs> podcast. It's no, no one can ever find. Uh, P&B FM, where we are starting our own little mini jukebox of game music that we love and stuff like that. As you heard from me and Matt earlier, I love music and we're going to be doing stuff like that. Uh, we also have Fostering Opinion, where you hear my bad opinion about stuff and you get to pay money <laughs> to hear it. Also, Foster and Jones, where I talk about sports. I don't indicate people with my sports talk. We do it behind ooh, a paywall. Ooh, all the sports. Oh, Wait a minute. Abs- Wait a minute. Absolutely. You know, you know, I'm a football fan. You know, and, <sighs> and actually, uh, basketball. I, hey, I'm a Laker fan, so I am hurting right now. Ah, uh, you're a Laker but, fan. Mm. But but I live in Warrior Country, and so it's that's at least good. You're a Laker. And then of course for football, I go for I'm 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 hurting all around. I'm at the pro side, so I'm a 49er fan and a Laker fan. So both my teams are, they're let's just say they're rebuilding. But I am a USC Trojan fan, oh, and they're doing fine. These are Although some, next year might be a little bit rebuilding. These are some bad takes that you hear me here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> These are the best, only the finest, highest quality takes, sir. Uh, as a SoCal, as a on my LA teams, as a Auburn fan, I will never forgive USC for 2004. And I will never, <laughs> I will never forgive them. Uh, as a Spurs fan, I'm just saying uh, there is one real dynasty in the West, and that is the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, oh, you meant you obviously mean the Los Angeles Lakers? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, right, but that's a different show. If you want to hear Trav argue about sports, then that's a different show. Absolutely. If you want to hear me and my buddy Mike Jones talk about our terrible sports teams, talk about the Knicks and the and the Kings, and hear people just cry openly on the microphone, absolutely listen to that. <laughs> um, but yes, we are definitely going to have Matt on more stuff. I don't know. I might. I might start doing wrestling stuff so I can bring Matt in because I would love to have someone talk wrestling about. 
Well, if you're, if you're going to do the wrestling show, you need fake Stone Cold Steve Austin to come join your podcast, and that's the bottom line. So people do the fake Stone Cold, and that's great. I love your fake Stone Cold, uh, but I have two, and this is where, well, I have three. Uh, I have my macho man Randy Savage here, but it's always the small one. Don't go up too high, don't go up too low. Or, you see, sometimes you got to go in with the American dream, daddy, and you go in, you step it through. Or That's right, daddy. That's right, the American dream. I want you to reach out. I want you to touch the speaker right now and reach out and touch my hand because that's hard times, baby. The only thing that's a little better is if you go in. Oh, I can't do it. I used to be able to do a really good, like, old mankind, the screamy. Oh, yeah, mankind. the screaming yes. mankind, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you ever want to see us do that, go and donate to the Patreon to give $3 and get all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't believe we just did that. We could literally do another show. That uh, you're amazing. You're a great guest. Um, but yeah, this is Grind Forever. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Travis L. Foster because I lost my old one over a shitty joke. <laughs> um, you can follow the, uh, our podcast network over at PNB Cast. Uh, you can find this show at pnbcast.com or on iTunes. If you go to iTunes, please rate us five stars, only thing, and review us. Let us know what we're doing good. Let us know what we're doing bad. Say, hey, maybe you and Matt shouldn't go off on 20 minutes on wrestling stuff at the end of your show. Um, but yeah, uh, this is always, like I said, this has been a great time. I always love having guests on, and you will definitely hear Matt on more of our stuff because he is an absolute pleasure. Um, so for Matthew Allen, I am Travis Foster. This is Grind Forever, and keep on grinding. Also, fuck Anjanets. Just <laughs> fuck them. Like, literally. If you smell, <laughs> what the rock is cooking. <laughs>